What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. This is going to be episode number 183. And uh, I am Jeff, and I'm here to talk some finance with you. Uh, we've got a lot of different things going on out there that we do need to cover. We need to get caught up on the market. Ultimately, some moves that have been made, what the Fed is potentially going to be doing. We're looking at uh, CPI. We're looking at uh, some options that I've written and really where the market's going overall. So thank you for uh, joining in or uh, catching back up with me here. And uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. So uh, first up, I did want to cover the CPI report. And that was definitely something that uh, was going to be uh, top of mind for the Fed. We're really seeing what the Fed is going to be doing uh, today at 2.30. I'm, I'm rep recording a little bit early today. Uh, it's end of school, end of school year. My schedule is kind of crazy. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm guessing that the, the Fed is going to ultimately go ahead and pause. That is what the, uh, the CME FedWatch tool has been showing. And uh, normally they get it right when it's a pretty much game time decision here. So that is what I am watching. I'm going to go ahead and pull that up to see just exactly what the numbers are looking like at this point. We were at that uh, 500 to 500, 525 uh, basis point, and that was looking like where we were going to be staying on that Fed funds rate. And uh, when I pull up the CME group site, uh, yeah, 96.6% of people saying that we are going to stay at this target rate. Only 3.4% saying we are going to get that uh, 25 basis point hike. Uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to remain where we are. And um, I mean, ultimately, we'll, we'll see what, what happens with the, uh, with the Fed and what they decide to do. But um, we have seen a massive rally uh, in the NASDAQ and um, pretty much... A, across the board's really been running. But uh, the NASDAQ's been moving higher for uh, really a few months now. Let's take a look at, um, I might take a look at a three-month chart here on the, the NASDAQ and see where we are. We're at 13,593 as I am recording this. And what is that five uh, three-month chart looking like? And I can't actually pull up a three-month on this. So let's go ahead and go year to date and we can uh, kind of backdate this thing here. Uh, March... Let's go to the uh, the tenth. We were around eleven thousand one thirty nine, and uh, now are around thirteen five nine five as uh, as it's updated. So yeah, we moved up very nicely in that short amount of time here uh, on the Nasdaq, and uh, that is definitely outpaced. That has been the uh, kind of the the benchmark, the leading indicator for uh, stocks in general right now. Right, that is going to be the most volatile index of the the major three: the Dow, the S and P five hundred, and the the high flying. Uh, tech-based NASDAQ. So you are going to get a little bit more growth out of that, but it's also going to be one of the ones that's going to fall harder when things go negative. So uh, we're, we're definitely watching what's going on there. Uh, we're trying to get a feel for what is really happening overall in the market. And uh, now that I said other indexes are uh, catching back up, we saw yesterday on Tuesday that the NASDAQ actually underperformed. Uh, so now I'm looking at some trends here. The the S and P and Dow uh, really did have a positive day. The, the the Nasdaq I believe closed negative on Tuesday, and I, I think a lot of things are kind of pivoting right now. Right, we're seeing a lot of these smaller growth stocks start to gain uh, gain some traction. We're seeing the the Dow names kind of recover. Uh, so I'm thinking that a lot of people are getting these massive runs in uh, you know Nvidia, Microsoft. Uh, Tesla, pick a name there, and we're trading out of some of those. 
in rotating into some of these other names, uh, the Dow components or some of the growth stocks, which ultimately makes sense. You uh, you know want to take some gains when you can on some some massive runs that we've had in the Nasdaq this year. So I do not fault anyone for doing that. Uh, what I am kind of worried about right now is uh, the overall bullishness of the market. Uh, people online asking, "What is a surefire stock to buy?" You know, what's going to 10x my money in a short amount of time? Type deal. There is a lot of uh, a lot of FOMO out there when it comes to people looking for new names to invest in, and uh, I'm really curious as to where were these people in December when things were uh, dirt cheap. That's really my concern, right? If you wanted to have some of these massive returns, you need to invest at the right time. Now, I know we talk a lot about dollar cost averaging, and I think that is a very sound method of investing. But if you've got these uh, these massive gains you're trying to accomplish, you, you really have to look at some of the trends and really where you want to be investing as far as uh, timeline and horizon, things like that, where ultimately you just don't want to get in over... Uh, over your skis, really. And now you, I think it's a little too late to try to get some of these massive runs. Am I going to say that uh, NVIDIA is going to stop? No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, do I think that it's due for a pullback? Yeah, I, I do. I have some limit sells on this one, uh, a bit higher than where we are from here. I've talked about that before, where I don't want more than a 5% position in my portfolio of any one given individual stock, right? If it's an ETF, uh, an index fund, that's a little bit different. You know, that's comprised over a lot of different stocks that make up that fund. But uh, for me, my NVIDIA position is just getting to be a little too large. So I do have a limit sell on a small portion just to kind of rebalance and go ahead and take some of those gains and then have some cash on the sidelines to ultimately buy some other things that I think are undervalued, right? So now I think we're getting into that uh, that realm where some of these names that have had these massive gains are getting to the point where they're just simply overvalued. And um, I, I did want to take a look at a couple different things here. I am looking at uh, the NASDAQ here, and I wanted to look at the VIX. I want to look at uh, some of the uh, the RSI and really see what's going on there. Uh, when I am looking at the NASDAQ index, the RSI is a relative strength index, and a number of 50 would be uh, right in the middle, right even. Uh, not overbought, not oversold. And now we are sitting in overbought territory at uh, probably around um, these these charts. Sometimes, oh, 75. There it is. Sometimes they're really hard to understand where the number is. But yeah, it's looking at like 75.07. So we are in overbought territory on the NASDAQ. That uh, basically signals that uh, we might be at a spot where, um, you know, the, the buy side has really been uh, uh, hit really heavy. And we probably need a little bit of cooling to bring us back into fair valuation. You can also look at the PE valuation. Uh, you can look at the VIX and see how much greed is out there, or how much fear is out there. And uh, ultimately, there, there's a lot of other ways to go ahead and do this. So I, I just really don't want to see anyone get burned by simply saying, hey, we're in rally mode. Uh, I said it last time. This is a new bull market, right? There's a lot of different things that people are pointing at that, uh, you know, both again, both sides of this story that uh, this thing is going to continue. We hit a new uh, bull market, meaning we're up 20% off the lows. And that's a signal that uh, things are very bullish right now. So there's also people saying that uh, this is a false signal. 
we're ultimately going to crash back down and retest some of these lows. But I feel overall right now that there's more euphoria in the market, showing that uh, people will really have this appetite for more risk. And uh, I mean, if history repeats itself, it often uh, does. We're, we're going to see some people buying in at the peak and then ultimately get, uh, you know, that, that bear train coming through and, and sending the market lower. Uh, there's also a lot of different things with some of these small companies where they there was a lot of short interest and a lot of uh, investment firms have to buy to cover their shorts. And uh, ultimately, that is uh, sending some of these these smaller caps much higher, right? We've seen that uh, with SoFi. We've seen it with uh, even ChargePoint. There, there's a lot of buy side uh, volume on some of these names that are, are really getting brought up quick. And um, uh, I, I guess I'm kind of caught up in a little bit of that. Uh, I think when when SoFi was down around five something, six something, I went ahead and wrote some uh, covered call options on these at nine dollars, which expire on Friday. And uh, it looks like I'm going to be selling some SoFi. Uh, I didn't really plan on doing this, but um, like I said, when it was at that uh, that six dollar kind of area, uh, probably like a month ago, roughly, I wrote these options to get a little bit of premium uh, in order to have a little bit more to. Uh, to invest here. And also, I didn't really think that uh, this was going to rally about, what, 40-50% in the matter of a month. So now that SoFi has been on an absolute tear and it's sitting at $9.76, uh, I will have to give up some of these shares come Friday unless it drops back uh, below $9, which is okay, right? So uh, it's pretty much a predetermined exit on some shares. Um, this is actually for two contracts. So this is 200 shares, uh, probably $1,800 is what it's going to, uh, net out to me at the end of this sale. But, uh, that does give me some flexibility as to where to put some other money and, uh, kind of redistribute, uh, some of this, uh, uh, this cash that I've got on the sidelines and find some other values that are out there. So, uh, like I said, SoFi had been really, uh, hurting me for a long time here. Uh, I was trying to just generate a little bit more cash off of uh, some shares that really weren't doing anything. And ultimately, it looks like I will probably end up getting out of those. Um, you know, there's definitely some other ones that have been um, some other options that I've got here. Uh, one one being Blackstone. Uh, that one I've got, a, it's set at $91 and I was collecting the premium on that. It's looking like I might be getting out of those. Those are sitting at $91.59. Now, if I do get out of these, I would like to buy back in. So I might sell it a limit buy uh, somewhere in that uh, in that 80 range and, and kind of just be patient, right? I, I want to go ahead and get these dividends. And uh, I guess this time I was being a little bit greedy, right? I got the premium and I ultimately want to get back in. But if I can make uh, you know uh, a couple dollars or buy back in at a cheaper price than what ultimately I have my uh, covered call set for my strike price at 91, I would go ahead and then purchase at a lower price. Uh, so average, you know, I guess average back in over time and try to get, uh, you know, a similar market value, similar amount of dividends coming back in. But uh, also I might uh, distribute these, uh, this cash elsewhere as, as well. So I don't know that I'm necessarily going to buy all back uh, into Blackstone or BX. I might go ahead and buy some other uh, dividend names, roll some of this money into my IRA, fund that out for the year, and then ultimately buy some dividend names that are going to pay me more to sit on those in my IRA. So it gives me some flexibility. Ultimately, it was a thing of uh, really looking at that options market and see what, what kind of premiums I could get off of some of these names. And uh, 
now that it's actually possibly going to happen to where that's going to be the first time that I'm actually going to get my shares called away. Uh, now I'm trying to develop a game plan as to what to do with this cash uh, when it actually happens. So uh, again, you know, Blackstone, if it if it happens, it's sitting at, uh, like I said, a $91 strike price. That would uh, bring me back uh, $9,100 in my account, plus that uh, SoFi $1,800. So I'm sitting at uh, $10,900 uh, so that I can reinvest that money, fund out my IRA, get some more dividends there, and uh, you know, ultimately get some different things going uh, from here. So um, other options that I had open, I had Amazon open at um, 131. It's looking like that one currently sitting at 125.88. I feel like that one's safe. I don't think we're going to get this rally off of Amazon in the next uh, two days, really. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, what else we got? We've got, um, Palantir, that one, man, Palantir has been tricky. Uh, I've got, uh, an option on this one at 17. We're sitting at 1592 and man, Palantir has had an absolute run. Uh, I mean, where did we start? Uh, you know, just a couple months back on Palantir, we were, man, let me take a look here. We were at 756 at the start of May. And, uh, I mean, I wrote this one. This was a short dated call option. I think I wrote this one Monday to to get a couple dollars in the account uh, again. But um, ultimately, I think this one has got to settle back down. Uh, there is definitely a lot of uh, volatility around this name because they said they're doing stuff with AI and they're kind of leading that space or are definitely in the conversation in that space, I should say. But uh, anything that is tied to AI right now is definitely getting that run up, similar to that dot com bubble. If you put uh, you know dot com after your business name back in '99, your uh, your share price went through the roof. So I definitely think that there is a lot of greed out there around AI. I don't know who the ultimate winners are going to be. I could make a guess at the the top three, but um, you know we we definitely have to cool it when we're simply just buying something because it says AI. Uh, I mean, again, we've got NVIDIA. I think Google's going to win. I think Microsoft's going to win. Uh, Amazon's probably going to have some stake there. And those I, I definitely feel comfortable with. I'm going to let those uh, continue to roll higher. But uh, ultimately, some of these you know, fly-by-night, uh, smaller names, startup companies that just simply mention AI and think that uh, they should be valued as some of these other companies, I think is ludicrous. So definitely be careful what you're doing out there. And uh, really weigh your options as to what is going to be a sound investment versus what's going to be just super risky and uh, a really high flyer. Uh, I mean, I definitely think that there's going to be winners, but uh, I'm going to go on, out on a limb and say there's going to be more losers than we're going to have winners in the long term. Now, uh, we did get that CPI report yesterday, uh, which ultimately is potentially where the, the Fed is going to pause. We did see these uh, these numbers come in lower than expected. Uh, so I am on CNBC, uh, and it says there uh, measured changes in a multitude of goods and services increased uh, just one tenth of a percent for the month, bringing the annual level down from four percent from four point nine percent in April. This twelve month increase was the smallest since March of twenty one. Uh, when inflation was just beginning to rise to what would become the highest in 41 years. So overall, we are seeing some decreases, right? But there is still the core inflation number uh, when you take out uh, food and energy prices, which really wasn't as optimistic. 
And uh, that was still up 5.3% from a year ago, indicating that uh, while price pressures have eased somewhat, consumers are still under fire. So uh, the energy prices did come down uh, significantly. I believe that was about 3.6%. And uh, I think food is, is kind of a mixed picture there. I think that eggs continue to come back down, but some different areas are uh, you know, up while others are are kind of trending downward. But uh, overall, uh, I do think that this is a a good sign for the Fed that uh, things are coming down. It is still scary on that uh, that core basis. Uh, so that that's definitely something to uh, look into. Whether the uh, the housing market, transportation, things like that are ultimately going to cool, and uh, we really need to keep track of that going forward to see. Uh, What's going to be next for the Fed? If this is a case where we do get a pause, hopefully we don't have to raise next time because, hey, um, you know, the August report is now higher and we have more fear out there. And uh, I think that they're going to continue to have more FUD into the market as to, uh, you know, liquidity, problems with bonds, problems with this, uh, how much cash is actually out there now that we raise the debt ceiling. Uh, I think there's going to be more fear that is going to come to the market to ultimately cool this thing down. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think the trend is your friend. And the fact that uh, the market has entered a new bull market territory, that should be a sign of positive things to come going forward. So uh, I guess to to wrap that all up, it is uh, definitely a a tough time to pick a single stock that uh, is going to have this massive amount of growth, like some people are really after right now. Uh, I definitely think that uh, buying in over time is going to be your friend. <clears throat> and that uh, should definitely ease some of the, the swings in the market going forward. Now, uh, if I were looking, and I, I guess I will be looking with some of this money that's out there, I would probably ease out of some of that, uh, that AI-driven names that are out there. Uh, I might be looking at uh, some fintech plays. I might be looking at some of the credit card companies, uh, possibly some of the the healthcare names or even the oil names that uh, really have gotten beat down right now uh, with the fact of uh, kind of the cuts in production from OPEC. I might look at some of those names and see what's out there. Uh, looking at United Health going down about 7% today. Uh, and now I'm trying to see why that was. Uh, it says... Uh, Oh, I guess uh, United Health says seniors are catching up on pandemic delayed surgeries. So I guess they're paying out more uh, for surgeries that people ultimately needed to have, but they weren't going through in uh, pandemic times. And now we're uh, kind of rolling into some of that spending that is out there. But uh, overall, I, I could still see a strong argument for buying United Health as that uh, PE comes down. Um, we're sitting at a 22.4 PE on United Health. I think that is accurate with this $35 drop today. But um, overall, I still think that there are some strong companies over out there. Uh, a lot of them are really getting pulled forward very strong on some of these uh, easing tensions that are out there. The fact that we are rebounding some of the deals that were out there uh, on Google, on Amazon, on uh, Facebook or Meta. Uh, are not there anymore. I don't see such a value or such a reason to buy in after these run-ups, after the uh, the PEs have gotten stretched. And ultimately, um, I'm already in those, so I'm not really looking to up those. I'm going to try to get some safety, some dividend names, ultimately some other names that haven't really rallied higher yet. 
and try to build out that dividend side of my portfolio. So uh, again, we've got that uh, value side and that growth side. My, my growth side is pretty well locked in. And ultimately, uh, I might look at some smaller cap names. Uh, I might look at um, some things that really haven't rallied uh, in the way of AI, which might be a, a smaller segment of names that haven't gone. Um, you know, some of the really small names for some speculative plays, but nothing that is going to be uh, already rallied. That is not where I'm looking. Um, so then also... Uh, some of those dividend kings names, right? The the names like we're looking at in the investing challenge this week, uh, the Abbott Labs, the Johnson and Johnson, some of those that uh, have been traded down, where people ultimately uh, got rid of those that got back in tech. Now I want to pick up those uh, those uh, other companies that are at a discount and uh, really take a look at those uh, going forward as well. Uh, I did want to cover Caterpillar as well. Uh, back uh, like a month ago, this one was sitting at 206. Uh, and I was looking to add this one to the investing challenge because I said, uh, man, if if things go the way I thought they were going to go, we were going to get some of this, uh, um, you know, the debt ceiling raise, all, ultimately the infrastructure bills, all, all, you know, all that spending, uh, people getting back to work, unemployment being low. A lot of demand for uh, a, a lot of the things that were going to be out there for for building. If uh, the the rates went down by the end of the year, I ultimately thought that uh, Caterpillar should have been bought. Then uh, ultimately, we missed kind of a twenty dollar run on that one, and um, I, I guess technically we could have bought it. Uh, you know, a, a week after I had looked at this one, and we still would have made some money on it. But um, this one is sitting at two forty five now. Um, I, I can't make an argument right now to go ahead and buy this. It makes it really tough. Um, yeah, the PE is at 18, I, I guess, maybe. But uh, th this this chart is about straight up since uh, the end of May. We were at 205.75 May 31st. Uh, we're not even, you know, 14 days later and we're up uh, 45 or $40 on this, uh, you know, industrial stock. So a lot of these industrial names... I think Nucor made uh, similar moves. NUE, the uh, the steel company, made similar moves. Uh, very similar. Yeah, we had uh, th this chart here went from 131 on uh, or 133 on May 30th, and now we're sitting at 151. So we we had another nice move up here on Nucor. So a lot of these industrial names are just getting pulled up on the fact of a lot of the different things that are going on in the economy, and ultimately, uh, I think it's a little. Uh, uh, a tough buy here at uh, at some of these valuations. Uh, Nucor, I mean the the PE on this one is still very low, but it's a more of a commodity company. It's trading at a six times PE. But uh, I would let this one settle back down before I ultimately go and jump in this one. Uh, there's only about two point three percent of upside from nine analysts, and um, I think that the dividend is not uh, that inviting. Yeah, one point three percent. So there's not really. Any major reason after this massive run that I really think, hey, I want to go ahead and buy into this one. So again, uh, look at those dividend kings names. Look at some of the things that uh, might be in the REITs, might be in the commercial, uh, you know, real estate. Maybe not tied to offices. That uh, that space kind of worries me right now. Um, maybe look at some of the different things that could be out there in commercial housing. I, I don't know. I mean, these are just some ideas that I'm kind of thinking of right off the top of my head as to where we could potentially invest to not have, uh, you know, really all that volatility out there, be able to roll in some dividends 
and uh, distribute some more wealth kind of across the board, across that value uh, growth barbell strategy that we've talked about many times. So that's kind of my uh, my two cents there. Uh, I do want to cover what uh, the investing challenge portfolio is looking like. Now, I'm going to have to pull that one up. But uh, when I go over to Webull, we do have links in the description to help get you going. Uh, if you need to get uh, an account for your yourself, a brokerage, uh, for crypto, for a retirement account, I've got links to get you going. Uh, this one is Webull. And I do like Webull for a lot of the, uh, the ease of fractional investing. And uh, right now, I really like where this account's gone, right? Since the beginning of the year, I think we were down 16% at the end of 22. And now we are up. 4%. Uh, so that's about a 20% gain in uh, six months. So man, what uh, what do we got here? We've definitely got uh, those high flyers have really uh, recovered. I'm looking at Tesla, Amazon, Broadcom, Microsoft, SoFi being up 50% since we bought it. Uh, now, I think we bought that one not long ago, right? When do we buy SoFi? Um, trying to find it on my, my cheat sheet here, but I am not seeing it. Currently, so it must must have been from uh, last year at some point, but um, yeah, being up fifty percent on that one is uh is kind of remarkable. Uh, Google up sixteen percent, Starbucks somehow we're still up twenty four percent on Starbucks. We got in that one at eighty one dollars, uh, and that one's been kind of sideways here for a, a while too. Uh, now, when I am thinking about like that fast casual kind of dining experience, uh, I did want to mention Kava. Kava is going to IPO. Uh, I believe on Thursday, and now that one is going to be that uh, that Mediterranean style kind of fast casual dining. That uh, man, I, I I would like to get this one at the uh, the offer price, but um, ultimately I think we're going to be able to get this one in a few months, uh, right back to where it's going to be at that uh, that IPO price. So I'm not looking to chase this one. Uh, I do think that over the the course of the next week, this one is going to be very hot. I do think we're going to get some rally out of it. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of trading. Uh, I believe that they are only offering about 13% to institutions uh, pre-IPO. Uh, and then they're going to go ahead and go ahead and issue more shares out there. So uh, there's going to be a lot of institutions that are going to be looking to scoop this one up. And then ultimately, really try to create a buzz amongst uh, the uh, the regular investors like you and I. But um, yeah, so this one I, I do believe it's going to do really well. The the lack of IPOs that have been out there, I think there's only been 44 this year. Uh, there's only been like 18 of those that have been in the green uh, since their IPO for the year. And uh, you know, I think you know we we definitely set some some record highs in the IPO space. Uh, a couple years back now when you know everything was going uh, public at that same time and uh, it's really been quiet out there right so i think we're going to try to uh you know get uh, everyone talking about ipos have a lot of traction around a, a pretty solid name they've had a uh, pretty good growth i believe it was about 28% year over year same store comparable sales I believe it was like 13% growth in revenue. Don't quote me on that. But uh, there is some good things going on there. I do think that this is a growing segment. Uh, you know, Chipotle uh, being up, what, like 9,000% since their uh, IPO back in 2006. That uh, has been like the, the best stock that you could have purchased in that uh, the, the dining space over that time. 
And I really don't know that we're going to get that same kind of growth out of Kava going forward. It's kind of the same as trying to buy another EV company that isn't Tesla, thinking it's going to do what Tesla does. And um, I don't know. I, I can't say that I'm really like rushing out to get this one. Uh, it could be a case to add some shares going forward. Uh, you know, just as a what if, what if this one does repeat? But uh, for me right now, it's not something I'm chasing. It's not something that I'm I'm really dying to get into. I think there's better values out there. I think that there's going to be other places that are going to get more growth. And uh, as far as the value side, I don't know that it's going to be very well valued with all the euphoria around it being uh, a new IPO into the market. So, um, man, I think that's uh, that's about all I got right there right now on this uh, first part of this show. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a break and I will come back and we're going to talk about the investing challenge for week 25. So stick around. All right, guys, we are back on the podcast. And um, yeah, first up, I did want to say if you do need help getting going uh, or if you need some guidance, feel free to reach out to me. If I can uh, help you, I would love to do so. And uh, we do have some links in the description to get uh, get you going. We are doing the investing challenge over there on Facebook at Let It Grow Investing. Uh, link is also in the description. And we look at uh, five stocks every week. That is what we try to do around here. Uh, I will cover those five stocks. I do want to say that the, uh, the Fed uh, just announced that they are going to uh, maintain the same Fed funds target rate right now, uh, meaning we are not getting a raise at this meeting. But uh, they did say that we might get up to two more raises throughout the year. Uh, so, um, yeah, forecast two more rate hikes this year. I'm reading here on Yahoo Finance. And uh, potentially we could see cuts in 2024. Uh, so again, I know a lot of people were talking about the fact that we could potentially get some rate cuts by the end of 23. Oh man, I, that's been kind of a back and forth thing. I, I think that uh, right now it's not looking probable that we are going to get rate cuts according to what the Fed is saying. Uh, now, if we get into a recession, if things uh, start coming down faster than what they want, or uh, you know things are really uh, really slowing down overall, they would potentially cut that sooner. But um, right now they're pausing it and saying that they want to be able to assess what the uh, the current lag effects of what's happening with the banking uh, crisis, what what is actually going on with uh, housing, what's going on with all the other uh, rates hikes that they have done at the past what uh, ten meetings, they have raised over uh, from zero to a quarter percent to five and a quarter percent over the past uh, fourteen months. So. Uh, a lot of different things to unpack there. Uh, let's actually take a look at the market and see what the market is doing. Um, the market is actually selling off on this news. The Dow is down 1.1%. Uh, the NASDAQ is down 0.7%. And the S&P is down half a percent. Uh, so I think we already priced in the fact that uh, we had... Uh, no planned rate hike at this meeting, but I don't know that everyone was ready for the fact that uh, we could potentially get two more rate hikes going forward. I think that is going to be the surprising thing that kind of caught everyone off guard uh, and why we are selling off right now. So let's uh, let's take a look here and see how much I am down on this. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. About uh, about a percent. So I was in the green, and now I'm I'm well below uh, where we were earlier. But uh, hey, maybe some of those shares that were going to get called away from me might actually maintain in my account uh, come Friday. So uh, it's not all not all a bad thing. I will definitely take uh, 
some of those shares I really don't want to sell. So <laughs> I guess that's okay. But um, let's just take a look here. Uh, Palantir down on this news, 1572. SoFi, uh, we're coming down, still nine point uh, or nine dollars sixty two cents. I think it was nine eighty when we started uh, recording. So uh, definitely trending down right now. But uh, ultimately, we will see where this one goes. Um, I did want to take a look at uh, some other news. Uh, and one of those being that uh, ARK Invest has sold out of a lot of their uh, their Tesla shares, right? We uh, we tend to watch them and see what they're doing. And uh, I believe it was 300,000 shares, I want to say it was, close to, I believe, $100 million worth. Let me try to get back to this article here as to what's going on out there for, uh, for Tesla and uh, for ARK Invest. I will try to get that one pulled up. I am actually struggling to find it right now. But um, Netflix, I know we were talking about uh, some things with Netflix and the fact that uh, the password crackdown is really helping them. They are out now actually going to be opening, I believe, a, a pop-up restaurant in uh, in L.A. where you can try some of the food from some of their culinary shows. Um, and I, I know this has been a long, long time ago, but a buddy of mine, a, a buddy who invested uh, a good sum of money and had 8x on Netflix uh, years ago and then ultimately watched a lot of this, uh, you know, kind of dwindle away as uh, Netflix kind of came back down to reality, uh, had said at that point that uh, he thought uh, a lot of the merchandising, a lot of the different things that uh, could be done with Netflix, they weren't doing yet. And uh, he was kind of invested in it for the long term from the standpoint that there's a lot of different levers that they haven't even begun to pull yet. Um that uh, they really could do to generate more cash and and really not just be that streaming company, but also do things like this. So this is definitely cool to see that uh, they are kind of branching out and doing something different. Um, I guess also I wanted to say that uh, the S&P, uh, some of these uh, banks and all, uh, I believe Goldman went out and said that uh, they are raising their price target on the S&P 500 for uh, the end of 23. And uh, let's take a look here. Yeah, Goldman came out and said that their their end uh, year-end price target is now up to 4,500. And uh, that represents uh, a 5% upside from the current levels and 17% increase uh, from 2023. I don't know where they started the year at, but uh, I know that most of them were saying low 4,000s was, was pretty much average across the board. So now uh, we're definitely seeing more interest from from banks uh, and trying to kind of pivot and say, hey, things are going better than we anticipated. But, uh, you know, last year, I know we had people saying that the S&P was going to be uh, upper 4,000s, low 5,000s. And then, you know, we were 3,900. So take that with a grain of salt as well. Um, where are we? Oh, uh, NVIDIA did close above a trillion. That's definitely good to see. Um, where is that, uh, that news on ARK Invest? And I can't find that exact number right here, but, um, I know that, uh, Kathy Wood did sell out of a, a good amount of their Tesla shares, but I also know that it is still a very large position in their portfolio and, uh, they did go ahead and buy Meta. So ultimately uh, a little bit of a pivot there as to what they are doing, wanted to shrink that position in Tesla and uh, get some more exposure to the metaverse, it looks like, or social media and Facebook. Uh, so ARK Invest, when I am looking at this one, the portfolio shows that uh, Tesla is still uh, ARKK's number one holding. 
um, at uh, Tesla being 11.1% of net assets in that fund. Uh, so definitely still a large uh, portion of this, uh, this ETF here. But um, I think when we, uh, we move past some of this and we get back over to the, uh, the investing challenge, and uh, I did buy Rio Tinto uh, on Monday. I bought the $200 worth of that for our investing challenge portfolio. And now going forward, we are looking at uh, five different names. And uh, as I said, you know, some of these things in tech, it, it's getting really hard to buy anything that makes sense as far as a value proposition. So I was looking at some other things, right? Number one was uh, Abbott Labs. And I believe the number of uh, consecutive dividend increases was something like 51 years uh, for Abbott. And uh, the fact that they were selling off on some of the uh, the COVID diagnostic test kits and things that uh, they weren't doing as much in sales, we had some of those uh, those sell-off concerns. But uh, ultimately, I see this company as being one that is going to rebound. They're going to look for other ways to, to earn more. They've got a lot of different lanes that they're going to go down as far as uh, pharmaceuticals and testing and uh, diagnostics. Uh, they've also got a lot of... Uh, uh, Food, the, uh, the the healthcare, nutritional products, uh, device sales that they're going to be looking at as well. So a lot of different ways for Abbott to make money. There's currently about 20% of upside, uh, according to Trefis. When I look over at uh, tip ranks on Abbott, uh, we've got uh, about 18.75. So they're pretty much about the same there. Uh, there's 12 analysts that make up this average on tip ranks. Uh, so that is uh, nice to see. We've got some upside potential there. 2% quarterly dividend. Uh, PE sitting at 30. I believe we saw that the other day was uh, at a discount to where their uh, their historical PE uh, is sitting. So I definitely thought that uh, this might give us some different ways to get into uh, some dividend king names that uh, ultimately are going to pay us more to hold on to the stock for longer uh, and maybe try to pivot away from some of the uh, the tech names right now. So that was option number one. Option number two was going to be Johnson & Johnson. Now, Johnson & Johnson had, what, 60-some uh, years of dividend increases. And again, they are going through some of those uh, talc-based lawsuits. They did do some spinoffs there to get uh, rid of their, uh, their one unit. And um, I, I think that there's going to be some more ways for them to go ahead and, and grow, right? They were looking to acquire some different businesses and do some different things in order to uh, really get back on track. And uh, kind of put the uh, the ta uh, talc-based powder lawsuits behind them. Uh, so I'm comfortable with this one. It, diff uh, it did uh, really come down this year from about 180. We're sitting at 161 right now. Uh, so I think we were able to get this one at a discount. Uh, I believe that uh, we've, you know this quarterly dividend is uh, is very safe at that three percent yield. Uh, PE is around 33. Analyst research says about uh, 12 and a quarter percent of upside here. Uh, so another one that's safe, it's uh, it's trended down over the, the course of the past six months, but uh, I think a lot of that is to do with the lawsuits. Uh, some different things kind of fading out with uh, COVID things and the, the test things that are, are there. Uh, we're seeing that kind of across the board. There's not as much demand for some of those different things. But uh, as we saw from United Health, more people are going into surgery. So uh, the products that they might use in surgery might come from Johnson & Johnson. They might come from other uh, you know, healthcare providing companies. So I'm, I'm definitely looking at ways to um, really bolster the portfolio, try to get out of some of those high flying names, at least not buy them right now, but, uh, you know, kind of let them 
continue to grow and uh, set those price limits, uh, those limit orders to sell at uh, at a bit higher and maybe take some off the table when they hit that 5% um, market uh, limit that is in my portfolio. So uh, number three was going to be Kroger. Uh, ticker is KR, and they are still looking to buy Albertsons, right? So they're still looking to grow through acquisition. That would make them the number two uh, food retailer in the US, and that would only be behind uh, the Walmart. And um, yeah, we've still got about 24% of upside here, two and a quarter percent dividend, PE sitting at 15. Uh, so there's a lot of different things here with Kroger that I think we're going to get some. Uh, some real upside going forward if this Albertsons uh, deal does go through. And otherwise, I still think that we are in a uh, decent company that is looking to grow. And I believe they're going to find a way to do that if they don't spend that money on Albertsons. They might buy another smaller chain. They might build out more stores for themselves. But uh, they've got a lot of different ways and enough cash on hand in order to do so. So I am comfortable uh, you know, kind of giving Kroger the nod for number three for week 25. Uh, number four was going to be uh, Luminar Technology. The, the ticker is LAZR. Now, this is a completely speculative growth company. This could be a, a something to throw a couple dollars at um, if uh, some of these uh, options deals do go through. This is kind of one of the ones I was looking at maybe in a smaller portion, right? I don't want to go ahead and go all in on a company like Luminar, but uh, they do LiDAR, right? And uh, LiDAR specifically in EVs is really where they're looking to get into. And uh, they do have contracts with Volvo. They do have a contract with uh, Xpeng, uh, e or XPENG, uh, which is a Chinese-based EV company. And uh, again, I think that uh, if Volvo is putting this technology into their cars, uh, they are known to be one of the safest, safest and smartest uh, automotive makers out there. Uh, very few deaths and fatalities. That is what they are known for. And uh, I think that uh, you know this is definitely a company that has got a lot of uh, growth potential ahead of it with the, the autonomous and in EVs. And we're not buying into another charging name, right? We're not trying to buy another Tesla uh, in the way of Lucid or Rivian or whatever else. We're trying to buy uh, a company that is making a smaller component to make these vehicles safer. So I am comfortable uh, trying a growth stock this week if that's something you guys are interested in. Uh, so that name, again, is Luminar Technologies, and the ticker is LAZR. Uh, number five, this one was Etsy. And uh, Etsy still has a... a a strong base of uh, consumers. We've still got some uh, rising sales. Uh, a lot of that, uh, the demand around some of these names has kind of cooled off. Uh, this was definitely a COVID darling, but uh, I, I think this one has definitely shrunk in some ways. But uh, as far as the, the amount of people that have been really following this one on the market, but uh, we are seeing sales increase. We are seeing uh, some of the different uh, you know platforms really grow through Etsy. And uh, one that I think could be a long-term winner uh, that is really just in a, uh, a rougher spot right now. But um, we do have about 27.5% of upside on this one for an average price target of 118.78. And we're trading at $93 right now. So uh, again, one that uh, I think is kind of in its own lane, right? They are doing all that customized uh, gifts for uh, you know any different end user. 
And I think they're probably one of the best ones to be in that space uh, where Amazon is ultimately going to be the the powerhouse in that uh, online uh, sales. Uh, Etsy really fits a target market, a niche that uh, no one else is really kind of catering to. So uh, I think that it's got a lot of room to grow. We're definitely seeing the the sales continue to rise. Uh, it is trading lower than it has over the past uh, six months for sure. And uh, certainly lower than where it was uh, during kind of COVID era when it uh, reached a, a high of about 261. Uh, so we are trading way down off of that and the uh, the sales continue to climb. So uh, I think that uh, that valuation has kind of come back down to earth. Could be a good time to go ahead and get into some of these stocks that have really uh, traded down after uh, some of these COVID uh, era spending cuts as far as like really what people are looking to buy at this given point in time. So that's the five I got for you guys this week. Uh, again, Abbott Labs, ABT, Johnson & Johnson, J&J, Kroger, KR, uh, Luminar Technologies, LAZR, and Etsy, E-T-S-Y. So please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook to get your votes in. Uh, please go ahead and forward this to, to help someone else uh, grow their portfolio. And uh, thank you guys for stopping by. That's all the time I've got for you today. And I will catch you in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.